Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Loiza, and today's guest is the CEO and founder of Bull Sports, Caroline Fitzgerald. Caroline initially fulfilled her passion for sports as a former head varsity basketball coach to then leading partnerships and athlete experiences for the greater Pittsburgh racing community. And now she's on a mission to prove that it's good business to invest in women's sports through her company goals. Welcome, Caroline. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Um, and I'm so excited to chat with you more about everything that's going on in the women's sports space. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's an honor to have you and be able to help share your story. So let's go ahead and dive in. Can you share with us a little background on yourself and what got you started? Absolutely. So I I know we don't have too much time here, so I'm not going to go all the way back, give you the whole story, but I do want to share just like a little story about young Caroline, which kind of like sparked um, this fire in me that eventually brought me to this moment today. So my, my first venture into sports and specifically being a female entering a, a, primarily dominated by uh, men's space, sports space, was when I was, I think I was seven years old. Um, and I grew up, I'm one of eight kids. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, two parents who are big sports fans. My dad's a lifelong Pittsburgh Pirates men's baseball fan. And uh, we grew up playing baseball. I, we always joke that my parents had eight kids because um, they wanted really nine to field a baseball team. But um, they had eight, and we just cover extra ground in the field. But um, it came time to sign me and my brother, who's very close in age to me, is a year younger than me, up for baseball. And there was only uh, boys baseball. There wasn't a girls baseball team. There wasn't even a girls softball team at the time. So my dad and my mom just said, "Well, you're just gonna, you guys will be on the same team. Caroline, you're gonna play on the boys baseball team." So um, just showed up, didn't really think anything of it. I've been playing baseball forever, and. I got there and right away, the other team, six and seven year olds, mind you, were making fun of us because I was a girl and I was on the team and they were like, we're going to beat the Reds. We were the Reds. We're going to beat them. They have a girl like this is going to be such an easy game. And they were taunting us and mocking us. And I remember just being so perturbed by this and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I'm really good at baseball. What are they talking about? Like I help our team be better. So I take the field and we're so little that it's even parent pitch. So the parents pitch and then there's a position called pitcher's helper that stands next to the pitcher's mound to field any balls that come in the direction of the pitcher. So I was playing pitcher's helper and the first three boys on that other team hit ground balls to me in that position. And I threw all three of them out. So it was a one, two, three, you're out of here inning. And I remember just walking off the field feeling angry but also validated and thinking like how dare you guys think that we were gonna lose or be worse because I'm a girl like that's the only qualification here and I you know I was really little I didn't know words like sexism or feminism or anything like that I just knew that I was really good and I belonged to be in that space so that was really my first kind of venture into feminism into breaking into a uh the world of sports which really centers athletes as inherently male so that's the really beginning of it with young Caroline, but a lot of years passed and continued to play sports and um, eventually found myself at Penn State uh, where I was playing club basketball and I studied marketing and women and gender studies. And from there, I was put on a path, um, started working in marketing once I graduated for Kohl's department stores, 
um, worked a couple different jobs, went from retail and then to the museum space. I worked for the Smithsonian Museum that was in Pittsburgh. Um, but I think as a lot of people who have played sports or been around sports, once you like experience the magic of sports, you're just waiting for that moment to get back into that space. And an opportunity came up for me to work in uh, the sports industry, again, in the running industry specifically for P3R, which is the organization in Pittsburgh that puts on the Dick Sporting Goods Pittsburgh Marathon and all, all the running events that happen in the Pittsburgh region. And I came on to do sponsorship sales. And I definitely came in and had some imposter syndrome stepping into a sales role because in my mind, a salesperson is wearing like a three-piece suit. They're making deals on the golf course. I don't even know how to play golf. And I I, I thought like, I, this isn't for me. I'm a marketer. I, I, I don't know if I can do this job. I almost didn't take the job because I didn't think I could do it. And luckily I had a great boss and a great mentor that really saw something in me and um, showed me that sponsorship sales is really just building more, excuse me, marketing plans for any, the brand that wants to be the sponsor of that, that uh, race asset entity, whatever it is. So I, I found a knack for it and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then fast forward a little bit after five years doing that job, eventually kind of climbing the ladder there to become a senior vice president of partnerships and sales, the pandemic hit. And like a lot of people, I was finding myself at home a lot more. Um, but being at home, it, it was in some ways a welcome kind of change to be able to pause and reflect and, uh, to be quite honest, watch women's sports <laughs> for the first time in a while. I I had, you know, just being really busy, I didn't have a chance to like get as connected with the WNBA specifically. I love basketball. I love the WNBA. So I had the chance to um, consume the WNBA. And as I'm watching the season, there's like a whole origin story of goals that I can go into. Um, but that was really kind of the thing that got me started thinking about goals. I was very moved by the 2020 WNBA season. And um, again, fast forward, now I'm in this role at Goals. I have this startup sponsorship consultancy that's focused on bringing investment into women's sports and leveraging my previous experience doing marketing and sponsorship sales um, to bring more dollars into the sports world because um, I really believe that it's good business to invest in women's sports. Oh my gosh, I'm over here sitting like, oh my goodness, this is the most amazing story that I've ever heard in my entire life. I think that is so incredibly moving and powerful how much confidence that you had at such a young age, but also, I think kind of like reflecting back to, we always talk about how sports really does teach such transferable life skills. And the two main ones that I kind of called out from during your moment of being a seven-year-old Caroline, uh, that was amazing too, by the way, I was literally picturing, picturing it all in my head. Um, but it, it really created this sense of internal confidence and also challenging the status quo and not taking things for the way they are just because it's always been that way. And that is so really um, kind of evident in everything that you've done from a career standpoint. For instance, actually just starting goals yourself is right, right? And then on the other side, for entrepreneurs who are starting a new business, a lot of times I'm actually finding myself into these conversations where some founders almost feel like, well, I'm creating something brand new, but like, 
should I go for it? It's never been done before. Like people aren't really doing this. People aren't used to it. And I'm like, but that's the perfect opportunity. That's the reason why you should go for it. Cause you're challenging everything of how, of the way that things used to be in the past. And that's something that honestly sports can teach people. So that's incredibly powerful. I completely agree. There's a quote, I think it was uh, the retail company Players Society coined this quote and it's girls who play sports become women who lead. And you know what? I'm an exact example of that. There's a very positive connection between athletes experiences and female empowerment. And I'm really a living and breathing example of that connection. I got a lot of my confidence Um, and learned so many great life lessons through sports. And, you know, part of what I'm hoping to do now through goals is to kind of pay it forward and create more opportunities for more girls and more women to find that same sense of empowerment through the sports world. Oh, that's amazing. And and very much so needed. I'm sure we'll kind of tap into a little bit more of that um, today here as well. But I guess to kind of go back and really create this 30,000 foot view picture of what's happening in women's sports. It represents such a growing opportunity for not only the teams, but also the fans and the brands that are looking to be a part of it as well. So in your perspective, what do you think are the biggest challenges that we have honestly yet to overcome or even have yet to talk about yet? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, I, I think about this a lot. And I think With women's sports in particular, there's this huge misconception that investing in women's sports is almost like charity or a donation to a cause. Um, And don't get me wrong, it's definitely the right thing to do to invest in women's sports with the goal of creating a more equitable or equal world. That's like really the big goal of why we're doing all of this. But the other side of that is actually just a really good business decision So the growth of women's sports, in my opinion, is the most exciting trend in the sports industry right now. And there are so many great examples that back that up. So let's take the National Women's Soccer League, for example. In 2020, um, they were the first league to come back to play during the COVID um, pandemic, during the global pandemic. The first league in the U.S., men or women, and they came back, had a successful season. They saw a 493 increase in viewership. In 2021, the 2020 NCAA Women's uh, Volleyball Championship had 700,000 viewers making the most viewed broadcast on ESPN2 that month. So there's all these examples um, of women's sports just really coming through and seeing huge returns and driving great results. Um, But despite all of these, these highlights, this data, this progress that we're seeing, women's sports are still really underinvested in and undervalued. Um, And it's honestly, we're just leaving money on the table by not investing in women's sports. So back to your original questions, like what needs to change in order to, uh, or what's a challenge, what needs to change is we need to stop thinking about women's sports as a charity. And we need to start thinking about it as a smart place to invest your money. If you're interested in getting a return on your investment, it's a business just like any business, women's sports are a business. We've seen men's sports prove that the sports industry is a very viable business model. Women's sports are no different. So um, we need to start treating uh, women's sports like what it is, a business opportunity. That's powerful. You know, something that I just kind of thought about as well is 
Unfortunately, there are some instances out there where people are investing in women's sports just because they feel like it needs to be a checkbox that they have to check off to make sure that they're actually doing it, but they aren't necessarily putting the dollars where they need to be. So can you talk a little bit more about what that looks like and essentially how sponsorship can also play a role in that as well? Yeah, I think brand investment is such a key piece in moving the needle forward on women's sports. So that's the area that goals is really looking to impact. So there's a stat that I believe in this stat, I've heard like it might have changed a little bit recently, but the big stat is that women's sports receive less than 1% of global sponsorship dollars. And I really think that brands, so brands today have so many, uh, let's think of massive brands um, in the sports space, like a Nike and Adidas. Um, Brands that are in the sports space hold a lot of power. They have a ton of consumers. They have a lot of followers. Brands that say that this is where we're putting our flag in the ground. We're going to be investing in women's sports. That's a really important piece of leadership that then other brands can look to, other individuals can look to, and they can follow in their foot in their footsteps. So it's almost like with great power comes great responsibility almost. I feel like brands have this opportunity to have this like really impactful leadership moment to say that we value women in our society. We value women athletes just as much as we value male athletes. And we can step up by contributing. We have budgets for this sort of thing. We have budget for sports sponsorship activation, and we're making the deliberate choice to invest in women athletes. And I think that, again, it's that really important leadership moment that I think can move the needle to get more investment from broadcast partners, venture capital, individuals that are buying merchandise. Everybody can play a part here. And I I really see the brand piece of things as a core piece, almost like a can opener that can unlock a lot more opportunities um, for investment in the space. Oh my goodness. That's exactly it. You know, something that I definitely wanted to pick your brain on about this is, you know, I think at times we get stuck into this like seesaw effect where, all right, in order for women's sports to receive additional funding, additional investment, well, they need some more fans. They need some more viewership. So then it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Well, we can't get more sponsorship and viewership if none of the dollars are going over there. So how can we continue to grow? Um, what's your perspective on that? You're absolutely right. That is, you're right. It's like this catch-22 situation where, We say that women's sports need to have more viewership before they can be invested in. However, women's sports aren't on TV, so there's not an opportunity for people to watch them. So it's like, how are we able to get more people to watch women's sports if women's sports aren't accessible? So it is. It's a kind of a frustrating thing. But what we are seeing is the times where we are able to get women's sports accessible. We are able to get the product of women's sports in front of fans, whether that's via social media or merchandise sales, we're seeing huge responses. And I I don't think that that is a viable argument anymore because we have the proof. We have the numbers to back it up. There's even more research that's coming out all the time to back up specifically the power of women's sports fans and what kind of ROI will come out of a brand's sponsorship with a women's sports team or organization. So there are two two pieces of research that I think about uh, all the time and constantly ref, re, or refer back to. 
One was um, a report that was done by True North Research Agency, where they looked at sponsorship outcomes of sponsors of women's sports teams and sponsors of men's sports teams. And what they found is sponsors of women's sports saw better returns on their investments because of two key reasons. One, because it's less money to get a sponsorship in women's sports. Like that's just the reality of the market. If you want to be the sponsor of a professional men's team in the United States, you're going to be playing a lot more than a professional women's team. So that's just the reality. It's a lower cost and then it's a higher return on the back end because of the extraordinary power of what, excuse me, women's sports fans and how women's sports fans behave towards brands that invest in women's sports. So there's an amazing piece of research that came out this past year that really has just solidified the business case for women's sports. It's called the Fan Project. It was put out by Sports Innovation Lab, and they basically looked at the fan behavior of women's sports fans and found that women's sports fans are highly digitally savvy, they're sophisticated, and whenever they women's sports fans see that a brand is investing in women's sports, they immediately respond with more purchase behavior, more engagement with those brands, and more sharing about what those brands are doing. So they immediately become brand loyal. So it's just this really powerful thing that um, we have in our back pocket here in the women's sports community. Women's sports fans are a force. So, you know, people can naysay, they can doubt that women's sports don't have this potential, but... It, we have the data now. We have the numbers to back it up. It is an indisputable fact that it's good business to invest in women's sports. And we're just going to keep proving that over and over again. Oh my goodness. I love this. So I think one thing that I called out, um, and correct me if I'm wrong too, but I think it's because also there's so much more intention behind the sponsorship, the brands, what they're trying to do more so because there's uh, not, I mean, I hate to say, it, but like there's a movement and everybody's wanting to actually advance the industry forward. And with the brands and the fans all in that same alignment, it really does create a sense of brand loyalty from the very beginning. Is that right? You're absolutely right. There was um, a great quote from Sue Bird and Neka Gwumake, um, two leaders in the WNBA. They said this last year. They said, by simply existing in spaces that weren't built for us, women athletes are doing something revolutionary. So I know that's specific to women athletes, but I think it extends to women in the sports space and women sports fans. We see our entrance, our existence in this space as a form of activism. It means something more. We are entering a sports world that has been built by men, for men, for the longest time. And just showing up in this space, knowing we're making so much less money, getting less sponsorship dollars, getting less media coverage, like we are fighting for a place in this world that wasn't built for us. So um, it does mean more. And then in return, as you mentioned, we are just so loyal, so grateful to the brands that support women and support women in sports. And we, um, we show it with our dollars and our behaviors. Absolutely. And kind of thinking about what we're actually doing today to help advance the industry forward. I mean, here comes goals, right? And goals is on a mission to address these opportunities that exist for women's sports. So can you share a little bit about how goals started? I know you're a fellow podcaster as well. So a little plug for you there too. But what's what's it like? And what's the evolution of it to date? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned this in the beginning, uh, but goals, the idea for goals really came about while watching the 2020 WNBA season. And uh, it was right in line with what we just touched on that activism piece. So um, just to paint the picture of what was going on during the 2020 WNBA season, the women of the WNBA dedicated the whole season to the Black Lives Matter movement and fighting for racial justice. And they did so many remarkable things uh, using their platform for good during that season. And I was so moved by it. And I'm enjoying the basketball. I'm moved by what they're doing. But I'm also on Twitter and I'm seeing these comments from people, trolls, for lack of a better word, saying things like they need to shut up and dribble, stick to sports, keep politics out of sports. And I'm reading all this and I'm thinking, well... Actually, in the year that the WNBA is being the most politically active that they've ever been, that any professional sports team has probably ever been in the history of the sports world, we're seeing record-breaking viewership, we're seeing record-breaking merchandise sales, we're signing more sponsorships than ever before. So it's actually really, it seems like a good business decision for them to lean into their identity as activists in the sports world. So I became like a little bit obsessed with that concept, the intersection of activism and the business of women's sports. And during the pandemic, I'm going for a lot of walks. I'm listening to a lot of podcasts as we all kind of did. There was a big boom in audio consumption during the pandemic. And I was like, I would love to listen to a podcast about the business of women's sports, but I couldn't find one. There, there doesn't, there isn't one that exists that's just dedicated to the business side of women's sports. There's a lot on men's sports, but not just women's sports. So I was like, you know what, maybe I'll start a podcast. And so that's kind of where the idea came from to start the business case for women's sports. But the marketer in me was like, Caroline, you cannot just start a pod. Like who is going to listen to your podcast? Like other than your seven siblings and your parents, like you gotta like kind of like get out there into the women's sports community and um, make a name for yourself. Put some like so people will tune into the podcast. So I started goals as an Instagram and a Twitter account just to start putting out content around women's sports and specifically the business side of women's sports and that intersection of activism and women's sports and worked just on putting content out about this and anybody who came to goals would come to a space where they knew that we were working for a more equitable sports world trying to advance women's sports through good business um and did that for about six months and then eventually launched the podcast um and as we're doing all this putting out this content having the podcast and meeting so many wonderful people through conversations like this um i started to realize that oh caroline you have the sponsorship skill set is what I do for my job. Maybe I could like solve a problem, the main problem that I'm yelling about all the time through the goals channels that we need more sponsorship dollars in women's sports and put my money where my mouth is and go all in and try to make this happen. So goals evolved again and became a sponsorship consultancy that's focused specifically on bringing more dollars into women's sports, as I mentioned, and we work with clients Um, a few teams in the Premier Hockey Federation, which is the U.S.'s um, only professional women's hockey league, um, and that pays their players, and then um, working with other organizations that that share the same goals, looking to empower women through sports and advance women's sports. So it's been a journey, um, but 
it feels like we've tapped into something that's really, really important. It's solving a problem. Um, it's not only bringing actual more money directly with the clients that we work with, but what we also do through our media channels, as we continue to do with the podcast and our Twitter and Instagram, all the social accounts, is put out that information like uh, reportings from the fan project, like highlights that happen in the, the sports industry. So anybody who's working in this space and looking to bring more dollars into women's sports, they can use the things that we put out there to help build their own business cases for why whoever they're talking to should invest. Um, so that's really, that's what goals is. That's how we've evolved and we'll probably continue to evolve um, as we listen to our consumers and our audience and hear what they're looking for and what they need in order to do this work. But it's been quite a journey and I feel really, really honored and fulfilled to be operating in this space. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, when you first mentioned how essentially you started off with goals, I think it's incredibly powerful to know how you did it. And it's through the education and content. And I've always been such a fan of using education and content, not only to be able to create and connect communities, but also to spark conversation. And that is incredibly powerful. And I think one other note too is almost reflecting back onto your days as little seven-year-old Caroline, where essentially you saw this, this, this problem right in front of you and you had a decision to make at that very moment. You can either sit on the sidelines and watch everything happen and then hope that one day things are going to work out and things are going to get better or you can actually be part of the action itself. And that is so also apparent to how you started goals in the first place. There was so much conversation that started happening that honestly should have been happening for quite some time, but thankfully it is starting to. But now you not only listened to the conversation, but you were also so incredibly intentional about learning everything and taking the time to listen to podcasts and educate yourself that there's so much power behind that, which honestly almost kind of goes down to like my last point, which is almost the beauty of being an entrepreneur and having an entrepreneurial spirit. You learn all these different pieces and you always want to take everything, take in as much content, take in as much education and all of that is incredibly inspiring. So I'm so excited for how Goals is going to continue to grow and evolve. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, it's, I think it's been, wow, such a, that was so nice. I'm like a little overwhelmed by <laughs> your kindness right here, but um, it's just been so wonderful. There are, I'm definitely a newcomer to the space. There's, I'm standing on the shoulders of so many giants, so many leaders that have been paving the way um, for this moment for a really long time. And uh, yeah, through the podcast, I was able to learn and hear from them. And um, I'm so grateful about how goals came to be because I, I wouldn't do it any other way because goals became, it is what it is because of that education period of me taking that year to learn and fully understand what the problems are and what we need to do and change it. And um, it's, it's been a ride. And I, I never really saw myself as becoming an entrepreneur. But um, here we are, the opportunity presented itself. And I feel like because of things like sports, I have the confidence to just go for it and uh, make it happen. So it's, it's been, it's yeah. been wonderful. 
Oh my goodness, absolutely. And on the along the lines of like continuously learning too, there's something that I definitely wanted to ask you more so from really the sponsorship side. So I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong too, but they are saying that TV and sponsorship revenue for women's sports is about to hit $1 billion globally. Obviously, you mentioned it as well. It's still only less than 1% of global sponsorship revenue. So I think along the lines more so from like an industry or sports side, do you think that there's any underdogs or even upcoming sports that women will soon champion? That's a great question. You know... I want to say, maybe this is not a great answer. I want to say all of them. I feel like every (laughs) section of women's sports is kind of an underdog. Like as a collective, women's sports is the underdog in the women's sports industry. Um, I could try to pull out one. I talked about soccer and volleyball a little bit earlier, but women's softball has kind of been slept on for a really Mm. long time. But this year, the Women's Mm -hmm. College World Series was their viewership was up over 10% and it outperformed the men's college world series viewership. Mm-hmm. We see there gymnastics, um, the NCAA women's gymnastics championship was the most viewed gymnastics championships ever on ESPN basketball. There's huge growth there with the WNBA and um, saw, I, I think it was a 50% increase in viewership from 2020 to 2021 in the regular season. Ten, I, I can't even pick. You can just like keep going down the list of all of the sports in in the industry, in the women's sports space, and they're all growing like this. They're all underdogs. And, you know, we're just – women's sports is just such an untapped market with such high growth potential. Oh, yeah. And we're coming so close to that, that $1 billion number of revenue coming in from sponsorships and broadcasts. And it just is so bizarre to me. That people, even though it's a $1 billion industry, that it's still being underinvested in. It's, mm-hmm. I, I can't even really explain it. Um, but you know what? You can't ignore a $1 billion industry and that's where we're headed. And it's just going to keep going from there. So maybe that doesn't exactly answer your question, but <laughs> we, in general, women's sports are just the underdog, but I don't think we're going to be the underdog for long. Mm, I completely, completely agree. And you kind of touched on it too throughout really all throughout today about just the investment side. And when I think investment, maybe because I'm a little biased because I'm in VC myself, but from a VC side, I think money is starting to pour into women's sports too. I mean, we've got such recognizable players like Angel City coming up into the coming up to the market. So how do you envision more of like the institutional investment side of the business taking a bigger stake in advancing women's sports? Yeah, a wonderful question. I think we're going to start seeing more investment in women's sports across every avenue possible. So from VC to brand sponsorships, obviously, we've talked a lot about media and broadcast companies, individuals buying more tickets and merchandise. It's going to be across the board. So the demand for women's sports is there. We have the numbers to prove it. Um, And going back to that $1 billion number that we saw, Women's sports are on the rise. And I think um, when it comes to like VC and bigger money coming to the space, I think we're going to see a lot of individuals and companies that are interested in being early adopters in a really exciting up and coming part of the sports industry. This is the, it's wide open right now. It is the time to invest in women's sports. 
Um, it's an next big opportunity. So I think anybody who's business minded and wants to get a good deal and a good return on their investment, they're going to be looking at women's sports because it's such a great business opportunity. But also, and I know like we're working on shifting the mindset away from um, it being like charity or donation, but it's also very much the right thing to do. So yes, it's good business. That's really important. We want to always talk about that. But also for somebody to be able to come in and have their dollars mean more, that's really, really powerful. So not only are you going to make good money here, you're going to create a lot of really good positive change. Um, So I think it's just such a compelling opportunity for anybody um, from the largest VC to the person that just wants to buy a ticket to a game, everybody is going to benefit in such tremendous ways by getting involved and investing in this space. Oh my goodness. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So kind of like future facing, because I know that this is exactly what you're working on. What are some exciting things coming up that we can expect from you and goals? Oh, so, you know, right now we're really, really uh, entrenched in working with our clients. So uh, working on bringing sponsorships and more brand investment into women's sports. So we're going to have some nice announcements coming out soon about some some really great brands signing on to support um, some of the, the partners and clients that we work with. So more to come on that. I can't say much at the moment. But um, additionally, what we're going to be doing in the new year with goals is, you know, goals was, I, you could fact check me on this. I've done a lot of research on this, but from what I can tell goals is the first media company that was fully dedicated to putting out content focused only on the business of women's sports. So we really, really want to continue to inspire other kind of media companies to pop up and do the same kind of reporting, but really, really serve as that place where leaders in the women's sports space can come to get the news that they need so they can go out and change the game. So we're going to be revamping our newsletter and how we put out content to continue to be that go-to place that people come for the the information they need. So a lot of, a lot of good things to come, but uh, we're just excited to keep doing this work. So um, stay tuned for a lot more. Oh, that's wonderful. Definitely going to stay tuned for that. Final question for you. If you could give advice to a young woman that is designed to be a future entrepreneur, what would you share with them? Oh, yes. Uh, What advice? There's so many different things that I could say here. You know, I think it comes back to that that feeling around activism um, and entering into spaces where maybe you don't feel like you belong because it wasn't built for you or you can't see yourself in that space because there hasn't been examples of that before you. But if I had to give advice to anybody looking to do this, I'd say you absolutely belong in the spaces that you wish to occupy. You absolutely have the right to be there. So, you know, for me, being that girl on that sports team, um, being the only girl, like I absolutely belonged to be on that team with my brother and all of those boys. Um, And, you know, working in sales when I was like, can I be a salesperson? I absolutely, even though I didn't fit the traditional mold, like I absolutely belong to be there. So um, I hope that if anybody can take one piece of advice away, it's like, whatever that thing is, like you belong to be there. 
because you work hard, you're passionate about it, you're showing up, and you had just as much um, as a as the opportunity, the chance to be there. Um, you're just as welcome as anybody else who wants to occupy that space. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you, Caroline, for your time. And as mentioned, make sure to check out Goals to get involved with creating a more equitable sports world because it truly is good business to invest in women's sports. Looking to hear more about what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports industry? Subscribe to this podcast and also Caroline's podcast as well. And we'll catch you next time on The Drift.